You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. And welcome, welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler, hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come warm yourself by the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Michael Sala, Dr. Michael Sala is standing by and will be here for the full two hours discussing QAnon. Back in October of 2017, someone using the handle Q began posting online and claiming to have access to classified information involving the Trump administration and its opponents in the United States. And Q's posts deal with a supposed secret conspiracy by an alleged deep state against U.S. President Donald Trump and his supporters. And we'll get to Dr. Michael Sala in just a few minutes. First, some sad news. Uh, For those listening in on our flagship station, Zoomer Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM here in Toronto, if you're just tuning in to Zoomer now, we lost a broadcasting legend and a true humanitarian. George Genescu, host of Big Band Sunday Night's Uh, passed away yesterday morning, and you may have just caught the tail end of his final show, which he recorded this past Thursday. And I had the great honor and pleasure of getting to know George these past nine-plus years. And if I'm not mistaken, George Genescu was on the air somewhere, almost uninterrupted, for close to 70 years. That has to be some kind of a record. Every week, I'd come into the studio here in Liberty Village and previously at our old studio on Queen Street East, and I'd get George a cup of coffee. In fact, when I came in here tonight, I had to remind myself, he's not here. Uh, But he would regale me each and every week from some chapter of his remarkable life. The time he had dinner with Louis Armstrong, the time he got shot in the rear end after taking part in the march on Selma back in 1965. It seemed I learned something new about George every week, and I loved him for his deep faith. I loved him for his outspokenness, his cheekiness. He adored my twin boys, uh, who started coming to the studio from time to time to visit, probably since they were about three. And as I say, he loved to tease. Uh, Every Sunday, he'd hand off to me by saying the most complimentary things about me and my show. 
And every week, just before I'd start my show, he'd duck his head into the studio and say goodnight. And every week, I'd say, straight home, George. Well, one last time, straight home, George. I want to get my fine rockabilly friend, my technical producer, Ian Robertson, here, just for a few words. Yeah, thank you. How are you holding out, buddy? You, uh, you and George were pretty close. Yeah, he was, uh, he was an amazing guy. Uh, like you said, week after week, he would have a different story. Uh, he was lovable, fun-loving. Uh, a true inspiration to live life. Absolutely. 85 years young. And um, do you have a favorite story? <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, the, uh, the story of the dean in Montreal. <laughs> oh, and how he came to study um, in New York City. literature in, in, New, in New York. Yeah, he, he, there were so many layers with this guy. And, and although I knew him for nine and a half years, I'm, I'm sure we were only scratching the surface. So he will be missed. And uh, also, also to mention, yeah. next week during George, uh, George's show, his son will be in with Frank Proctor, and listeners can call in. That's right, and say what they want to say. His son Robin will be here along with uh, the wonderful Frank Proctor, yeah. doing a very special tribute to George Ginescu. All right. Well, somehow, some way, the show must go on. That's the way George would like it. And this story actually began in October 2017 when an anonymous user posted a series of messages on 4chan, a very loosely moderated message board, and the unidentified user, who signed off as Q, claimed to have top security clearance within the U.S. government. The core of the Q Anon story is that the Robert Mueller investigation into alleged collusion between Trump and the, uh, the Trump campaign and Russia is actually an investigation into global elites and that the president is masterminding a secret plan to arrest top politicians and Hollywood stars for corruption and even child abuse. The unidentified user, again, claims to have top security clearance within the U.S. government. So we'll talk about QAnon, who it might be, whether it's real, whether it's a hoax. Dr. Michael E. Sala is a pioneer in the development of exopolitics, the political study of the key actors, institutions, and processes associated with extraterrestrial life. His interest in exo exopolitics evolved out of his investigation of the sources of international conflict and its relationship to an extraterrestrial presence that is not acknowledged to the general public, elected officials, or even senior military officials. His groundbreaking book, Exopolitics, Political Implications of the Extraterrestrial Presence, was the first published book on exopolitics. In exposing U.S. government policies on extraterrestrial life, he revealed how the world's most powerful nation secretly manages information concerning ET life and technology. In Kennedy's Last Stand, Eisenhower, UFOs, MJ-12, and JFK's assassination, Dr. Sala documents the tragic efforts by President Kennedy to share widely the truth about UFOs and extraterrestrial visit visitation. But he is also an internationally recognized scholar in international politics, conflict resolution, and U.S. foreign policy, and is the author-editor of an additional four books, including The Hero's Journey Toward a Second American Century, and also Why the Cold War Ended. He has also authored more than 70 articles, chapters, and book reviews on peace, ethnic conflict, and conflict resolution. Michael Sala, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm very well, Richard. I'm very happy to be back. Thanks for having us, or thanks for joining us, rather, for the, for the, uh, for the whole show here. All right, QAnon. Uh, I sort of gave a, a brief summary of who this individual uh, is, or at least how this individual has presented 
uh, since October 2017. Um, what have I missed there? Just do you want to fill in some blanks about about QAnon and who you think this individual might be? Uh, sure. Well, QAnon, as you mentioned, uh, appeared in October of 2017, uh, posting on this um, uh, forum called 4chan, which is an anonymous posting uh, environment for anyone wanting to share information pertinent to a whole range of subjects, um, including kind of conspiracy theories. And right from the very beginning, um, Q identified himself or, or themselves as a group that had uh, kind of a very uh, high-level status within the Trump administration, that they were pointing to, pointing to different things to suggest that you know, they were part of Trump's inner circle. And so they would uh, post, make postings or refer to things saying, look, here Trump is referring to us. And so there were a whole series of these kinds of kind of um, signals that uh, QAnon was, uh, was a group of people uh, allied with uh, the US military intelligence that were part of the Trump administration or were very close to the Trump administration in some regard and had been given authorization to release classified information in a kind of, um, in an anonymous way, so that way there'd be plausible deniability and no laws would be broken. So, you know, rather than kind of come out outright and say, uh, revealing something that was classified, they would kind of like ask questions or, or get the or readers to kind of like make deductions that would lead to them becoming aware of something that was very heavily um, classified. Yeah, much of the, many um, of the postings are very cryptic uh, in nature, uh, almost difficult, very difficult to decipher in some cases. What, what are some of the main uh, takeaways that, that you have from Q's postings uh, that you've been able to decipher? Right. Well, the one that's been the, the kind of uh, perennial issue that runs through all of Q postings is these impending uh, indictments of senior level officials. The very first post concerned uh, Hillary Clinton uh, being arrested. Um, and, and so people, when that didn't happen, you know, thought, well, maybe this is a, a, a LARP, which is a kind of acronym for live action role play, uh, a, a kind of um, a disinformation ploy that happens pretty regularly on the internet, uh, orchestrated by different intelligence groups. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, uh, Q kept on making these uh, series of posts, talking about arrests, uh, talking about uh, indictments and, and mass arrests that would be um, <clears throat> occurring once the indictments were unsealed. And, and what happened was that um, as people began to investigate this, they found that uh, there were actually an unusually high level of uh, sealed cases uh, that, have, that, were occurring through, that were occurring throughout the federal judicial system in the United States. That, you know, for example, in any one normal year, um, there would be roughly 1,000 secret indictments, um, and that would be the average for a normal calendar year. 
but you know, after Q was saying that you know, these indictments uh, are being prepared against uh, deep state officials, as people began to investigate this, they found an unusually high number of sealed cases. And, and, and not all sealed cases are indictments, but, but nevertheless, um, out of, out of the, the, the total number of sealed cases, um, a significantly high level would be indictments. And currently there are over 60,000 sealed cases, and the majority of those would be sealed indictments um, against people that not, the public doesn't know yet because uh, grand jury investigations in the United States are conducted in total secrecy. That's illegal for anyone to report on them. Um, that in itself can bring about criminal charges if you're, if you're reporting on uh, the del- deliberations of a grand jury. But nevertheless, just by the fact that people could confirm uh, that there was this unusually high number of secret indictments um, that had been initiated in the United States since QAnon had begun posting, uh, people began to... Uh, take QAnon much more seriously um, as a result of that. All right, uh, Dr. Salah, just hold on. We'll take a time out, come back and continue to talk about QAnon. Dr. Michael Salah with us for the full two hours. We'll also open up the calls, or the uh, the phones rather, for questions and comments in the second hour. Don't call yet. Just stay put, have a listen to what Dr. Michael Salah says, and then if you care to respond uh, or have a query, then we will make those fine phone lines available to you in the next hour. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Dr. Michael Sala is here, and we are talking about this online phenomenon, QAnon. This anonymous online poster, back in October of 2017, started to uh, post what have been referred to as breadcrumbs, uh, which has led adherents to this uh, theory uh, to believe that perhaps uh, there is this deep state at war against the president, which may or may not be true. I mean, I happen to believe there are elements of, of truth in that, certainly, absolutely, 100, no, not 100, 100%, but certainly there are elements. Uh, however, a Q, uh, it's suggested, is an insider. Uh, could be military intelligence. But, but uh, I mean, Sarah Sanders... The, uh, the press secretary was asked not too long ago about uh, this whole phenomenon. She denounced Q and, and said it has nothing to do with Trump and so forth. Uh, has he ever, has he, as in the president, ever alluded to QAnon in any of his rallies or speeches? Because we do see these Q t-shirts and Q signs at some of his rallies. Well, that's right, um, uh, Richard. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, has help legitimize uh, Q in the eyes of many that are trying to work out whether or not this is real or not, is that at these um, Trump rallies, uh, Trump did directly point at a number of people wearing Q shirts and 
uh, or T-shirts and just kind of like giving them the thumbs up or, they, or acknowledge them. And this, this happened, um, you know, about a half a dozen times. Um, and, you know, each of those instances was kind of acknowledged uh, by, uh, by, the, by Q um, on the boards, uh, pointing out that this is, this is Trump basically giving the thumbs up that, you know, he supports this. And you know, and just to kind of like, um, you know, just a correction there. Um, when uh, uh, Sarah Sanders was asked a question about Q, um, she kind of answered in a way that you know didn't make clear whether she was actually uh, referring or affirming or negating the existence of Q as a legitimate source within the within the White House. She kind of made a, a remark. I don't remember the exact words that she used, but something along the lines that, you know, she doesn't, uh, they don't endorse any, any kind of radical movement. But it wasn't quite clear um, exactly what it was she was... Uh, You're saying. correct. So, You're correct, Michael. Uh, uh, she said, the president condemns and denounces any group that would incite violence against another individual and certainly doesn't support groups that would promote that type of behavior. So you're, you're correct. She, she didn't, she never uh, referred to QAnon, um, uh, but she's just denouncing, you know, violence and said the pre- president likewise condemns violence. But, but has QAnon or his supporters ever promoted violence? No, not at all. Uh, QAnon has basically from the very beginning been uh, advocating that People trust the plan, that uh, those that follow the QAnon information, uh, that they've been kind of told this story of there's an elaborate plan that has been hatched uh, by the um, U.S. military intelligence community to take down the deep state. And that that this is is a a plan uh, that is being conducted uh, behind the scenes using legitimate uh, judicial processes. That, um, that, that, and, and this is where it's quite interesting that there are some people that say that, um, that during the Obama administration, um, Trump was approached by a group of um, US military generals saying that they were purport, prepared to launch a coup against uh, the deep state uh, because uh, things had gotten so bad in terms of um, the country being sold out by the deep state uh, for for the globalist interests that they were going to stage a coup, uh, but their preference would have been for someone like Trump, and actually approached Trump and asked him, you know, will you run for president? Because if you don't, we are going to have to launch a coup because that's the only way we can stop the deep state. So Trump, according to the story, um, Trump agreed, and of course the rest is history. But what we are seeing now is that uh, the judicial process has been used and uh, the Q movement or Q has always been advocating that their followers trust the plan, trust that there are enough good people within the Department of Justice, within the FBI, within all branches of the US bureaucracy, that as they flush out all these uh, corrupt deep state assets, within those different bureaucratic institutions that they'll be able to then clean up the system and eventually unseal the indictments. But the, but the main thing has been uh, that in, in order to unseal the indictments, 
both the uh, Department of Justice and the FBI has to be cleared of all of these deep state assets. And that's been the holdup. So that even though QAnon has been talking about these uh, indictments uh, since uh, October of 2017, and we're now in November, so over for over a year now, uh, Q has always been saying that uh, those two institutions are key because without, without the uh, Department of Justice being uh, cleaned up, um, you, you've got, you're not going to be able to, to have um, the, the right judges, uh, the judicial process being, done, being conducted in an impartial way. You know, corrupt people will get off because there are corrupt judges in the system. Um, and similarly for the FBI, if you don't clean up the FBI, then uh, people who have committed atrocious crimes won't be investigated because there's corruption within the FBI. So, so a lot of the information in, uh, from Q has been concerning uh, cleaning up the Department of Justice, cleaning up the FBI, having the uh, different uh, health investigative communities uh, for the Department uh, the uh, health, represent, health of Representatives committees dealing with the judiciary, dealing, dealing with um, uh, dealing with the um, intelligence that they are, are, have been asked to kind of like flush out all of these corrupt actors. So this is the plan. So Q is definitely not advocating any kind of uh, violence, and in fact, uh, pointing out the violence of the deep state in trying to stop this plan from coming into fruition. Right. Now, uh, you know, for the longest time, uh, people were uh, frustrated with the Attorney General Jeff Sessions. They thought he was soft-pedaling, and, and obviously Trump was communicating that he was frustrated with the Attorney General, and eventually he, well, just recently, was asked to step down, which he did. But we, were, we kept being assured or, or told by QAnon that uh, just be patient. Jeff Sessions is, is, he may appear to be waffling, but no, he's working diligently behind the scenes, uh, you know, to, uh, to pursue these indictments and so forth. And then, uh, after he resigned, we were told, well, no, he had to resign because he needs to dedicate himself <laughs> to these indictments. So, I mean, does the, does the fact that Jeff Sessions has stepped, has stepped down and that he did seem to be very sort of... Um, how shall I say, that he was kind of soft-pedaling. Uh, does that undermine the, the veracity of this QAnon movement? Well, that was definitely uh, something that a lot of uh, Q followers uh, felt that, that that was not something uh, QAnon had predicted. Um, consistently, as you said, uh, Q had pointed out that, that Jeff Sessions uh, was actually doing a lot to clean up uh, you know, the corruption within the Department of Justice, within the FBI, that he had appointed this um, U.S. attorney, John Hubers, uh, from uh, Utah and, and given him the authority, along with uh, other um, U.S. attorneys, to investigate the, uh, the charges or the concerns that had been raised by uh, these different House uh, committees. Um, and so John Huber had the uh, power of the Inspector General uh, behind him. The Inspector General of the Department of Justice has uh, 470 investigators um, on, on the staff. And, and that, just to kind of put it in context, you know, that, that is vastly more 
uh, investigatory power than anything that the special counsel uh, Robert Mueller had in his uh, investigation of these alleged uh, Russian collusion charges, which uh, I, I believe um, his office has you know, can max out at 20 investigators, um, but the Inspector General's office uh, had 470 investigators, and uh, John Cuba, along with other investigators, or other U.S. attorneys, could use those 470 investigators within the Inspector General's office to investigate all of these um, uh, problems that were raised by the House Intelligence Committee, the House Judiciary Committee, and, uh, and there was a third committee that doesn't come to mind at the moment, uh, and to investigate those. And, and, and because this was a combination of uh, the Inspector General's office, which has uh, investigatory powers, and the uh, U.S. attorneys uh, led by John Huber, who have prosecutorial authority, so they could convene grand juries and actually launch secret indictments. So there you have the mechanism by which the secret indictments uh, were being conducted, uh, were, were being launched. Um, and so this was all occurring under the watch of uh, Jeff Sessions. He authorised all this. So, you know, this is why QAnon repeatedly referred to trust the plan, trust Sessions, everything seems to be, you know, seems to be working well. And, and, then, and then, of course, um, after, you know, immediately after the midterm elections, uh, Trump basically asked Sessions to resign. And that caught everyone uh, within the, the Q movement by surprise because that was not something they expected. Um, and, and that together with the uh, Republicans losing control of the House, led to many people expressing deep doubt over Q and the veracity of the information. Now, you know, in, in Jeff Sessions' resignation letter, I mean, he started off saying, um, you know, making it very clear that uh, he had been asked to resign and so he was doing so. Uh, this was basically, he was not really happy. This, he was indicating that he wasn't, he wasn't doing this voluntarily. Now, exactly what the purpose of all this was, you know, was it, was it um, in some way uh, a case of Q overstating the importance of uh, sessions to the plan? Uh, you know, had people been hoodwinked by, by Q? I mean, these are all legitimate questions, but, you know, what, what gives me confidence still in, in Q is just the, the remarkable uh, consistency in terms of the, the kind of revelations Q has made um, and, and then how future events prove that. I mean, his Q's always say kind of future proves past, and so again and again Q has kind of... Um, uh, being able to make these cryptic comments and that uh, later on they're verified. Well, let, 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 we talked about the the number of uh, sealed indictments and how they've increased dramatically, which might may be one clue that there is this pushback against the deep state happening. But uh, what would be another example of something that Q has um, predicted and sort of left a, a, some breadcrumbs and then it actually it actually happened? Uh, well, uh, one of the things that um, Q has uh, talked about, which I, I felt was, was very accurate based on my research, was um, he talked about, uh, he was really the first kind of major source to talk about the false missile uh, alert in Hawaii on January 13 as actually being um, a false flag attack. 
And so, you know, Q talked about a, a submarine uh, that was uh, responsible for that false flag attack and that uh, this was something that uh, was consistent with the research that I was doing soon after that, uh, that event that occurred um, in January 13. And uh, only, I think, the next day you had almost, or, or sorry, a, a few days later, you had almost the same kind of uh, scenario with a, a, a false missile alert um, in, the, in Japan against Tokyo. Now, in both of those cases, um, these were false flag attacks by the deep state that was wanting to start um, a war, a third world war, really, um, involving the United States. Um, and, and so this was one of the things that, that Q began talking about early on. Um, and, um, you know, that was consistent with the kind of testimonies that I was getting from a number of different uh, sources here on the ground in Hawaii, sh showing that, in fact, something had happened, uh, that, that a missile had sh been shot down from the sky, that this wasn't a false uh, missile alert at all, that something was shot down, that people who saw the missile being shot down were told to keep quiet, that there was um, uh, a military um, uh, analyst within one of the fusion centres in in Honolulu confirming that, uh, yes, this was a, a genuine missile alert, that uh, this wasn't a mistake at all, and that something had been shot down, and that there was an expectation within, uh, within this kind of fusion centre uh, that the Trump administration would have responded by attacking uh, the alleged perpetrator of that. So, so, so that's one example uh, that I uh, kind of refer to as as being for me um, confirmation that that Q really is uh, does have access to high level kind of insider information. All right, Dr. Um, Sala, we'll we'll take another time out. Forgive the interruption. Back with more of my conversation with Dr. Michael Sala as we explore the phenomena of Q. Your comments and questions welcome at the top of the hour, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The truth is not out there. It's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Dr. Michael Sala is with us, joining us uh, from Hawaii. We're talking about QAnon. And I mean, many people are aware of your work, obviously. on uh, Most people would be aware of you from your work on exopolitics and disclosure and, and these sorts of things. How did you get involved in this whole uh, QAnon um, controversy? Well, I was just... Uh fascinated uh, by uh, the emergence of, of the Q uh, phenomenon, uh, just, just because I was very interested in what the Trump administration was doing uh, with regard to disclosure of secret space programs. And so I, I became very interested in, in, in Q in terms of um, uh, this was some group within the Trump administration that was spilling the beans on this kind of deep state corruption, uh, connection to pedophile networks, secret indictments, um, because I, I, I think that part of the reason why 
uh, disclosure of secret space programs, extraterrestrial life has not occurred is because there are people within the deep state that benefit financially from the status quo. And so it's become very clear to me that in order for this for disclosure to move forward, then we need to change the status quo. And, and of course, um, I've been doing my best, as has have many others for decades now, in terms of uh, trying to disclose the truth. But if the mass media um, you know, doesn't pay any attention, then it's quite clear that something else has to happen. And so I saw QAnon as, as a as something uh, kind of a, a wild card, as, a, as something similar to Trump, how Trump was he, is himself a wild card. You know, I, I kind of uh, looked at Trump's inauguration speech um, in uh, January 29th, uh, 2017, where he, refer, where he referred to this kind of uh, a new world of incredible technologies, healing, and a kind of future that suggested that this was someone who knew about uh, some of the suppressed technologies uh, that have been around for, for decades. And uh, just very recently, um, just over a week ago, I wrote an article on my website uh, where I discussed uh, how Trump had been told by his uncle, John Trump, who was a professor of electrical engineering at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, that Trump had been told by from his uncle uh, the truth about the Tesla's uh, inventions and also MIT's involvement in the study of the Roswell crash. So I, I certainly was very interested in, in Trump uh, being uh, a kind of agent of disclosure and very interested in, well, how, we, how would he do this? You know, most people would think, well, you know, the president of the United States is very powerful. You know, he would just organize a press conference and, and, and state what's what's been going on. Well, that's not the case at all. Presidents are kind of kept out of the loop. They're not brief. And so I was very interested in QAnon being the vehicle by which Trump could orchestrate disclosure. And, and so I was very interested in anything that came up through um, uh, the, the Q's uh, document or Q's cryptic post through his breadcrumbs that alluded to UFOs and, and secret space programs. So, you know, very early on, I, I saw some of those connections and, and it was eventually vindicated um, just, just over um, um, in September, September 19, actually, when Q dropped these uh, bombshell posts basically confirming the secret space program and that ex extraterrestrial life exists. So, you know, those were um, posts uh, from Q that kind of like show that there is a disclosure agenda within the Trump administration and, and Q is a part of that. It's interesting. You mentioned uh, Trump's uh, uncle, who I believe was asked to examine the, uh, well, just boxes and boxes of papers that were recovered uh, from Tesla's uh, suite at the New Yorker Hotel and uh, in other buildings in and around New York City after his death. Um, so it's interesting because we're heading into a break here, but we'll discuss further after. It has been suggested, and Q may have even alluded to the fact that I'm going to I'm going to use the pronoun he. I'm, uh, it may be a she, but I'm assuming it's a he. Uh, that that he may ha have some position in the Department of Energy with Q clearance. 
So that's an interesting connection. Department of Energy, uh, Free Energy, Nikola Tesla, it all kind of perhaps comes together, or that might just be pure fantasy. We'll uh, discuss further with Dr. Michael Sala as we discuss the QAnon phenom here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The truth will set you free, but first, it will really tick you off. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Dr. Michael Sala stays with us and into the next hour as well. Once again, we will open up the phone lines at the top of the hour. Let me give you those numbers now. 416-360-0740. That's the Greater Toronto Area. 416-360-0740. And then, toll-free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740. one 866 744 740. Before the break, Michael, uh, I was talking about a possible connection between QAnon and the Energy Department, and and uh, you were talking about, uh, you know, perhaps uh, free energy and so forth. It, to your mind, is Q uh, connected with the Energy Department? Oh, well, definitely uh, Q has uh, information uh, that is. Uh, consistent with uh, Q-level clearance. Um, uh, you know, Q-level clearance is uh, concerns um, anyone that uh, is exposed to kind of nuclear energy or nuclear weapons technology. Um, so this is um, kind of above top secret. Um, you know, and, and so yeah, Q has that kind of uh, level of information um, and, and, and certainly has suggested that. Um, and, and the example, a good example of that was um, Q actually predicting the Hawaii missile attack in advance. That that was an ex- that was a case of uh, future proof past, uh, uh, be- because uh, he on January seven made the prediction of uh, of a DEFCON one situation. Now DEFCON one. Um, concerns a nuclear missile attack or, or a nuclear attack being imminent. And so this was on, on January 7, uh, Q made a series of three posts referring to a DEFCON 1 situation, but saying that this was not going to be a real DEFCON 1. Um, and, and on January 13, you had the, the missile, the ballistic, the false uh, ballistic missile attack on Hawaii. So, you know, that's an example of um, future proofs past that kind of uh, helps people like myself uh, have a lot of confidence that, that Q does have access to this high-level information. And, and you, you could only have that high-level access if you have something like Q clearance because you know, only people that would be briefed or would know about some impending nuclear attack involving some rogue agency uh, within the United States because it has to do with nuclear weapons uh, they would have to have huge clearance to do that. So right there, with that Hawaii incident, you have an example, not only of future-proof past, but also of 
queue, having access to queue-level um, classified information. Uh, what other evidence has Q offered to, to, to verify that he is uh, a Trump administration insider? I believe there have been photos that appear to have been taken aboard Air Force One, but couldn't those come, have come from anyone and just have simply been reposted? Oh, there have been a series of um, pictures that uh, Q has posted, uh, you know, such as uh, the interior of, uh, of Air Force One, where Trump has his office, uh, clearly suggesting that this is someone uh, who's on board with Trump on, on Air Force One, um, or in the Trump office, um, in the Oval Office there. Or, or, or someone who has access to NSA surveillance of um, uh, cameras all over the world. Um, for example, cameras um, in Singapore be- before Trump's arrival, um, that, that you release photos of, of those cameras. You know, bef- any, you know, this was before those photos uh, were released anywhere. Q you know, was able to show... Uh, some of the environment where Q, oh, sorry, where Trump would be meeting with uh, North Korea's um, leader um, in Singapore. Uh, similarly, uh, Q released photos of some of the NSA camera surveillance of, of some of the FBI officials that had travelled to um, London in order to concoct uh, this um, investigation um, into the Trump administration. Um, so yeah, those kinds of things have been released uh, regularly uh, through Q's uh, 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 breadcrumbs, his postings. Uh, what for me was the clincher was uh, the day Michael Cohen, uh, Trump's personal attorney, uh, was uh, his offices were raided by the FBI on orders uh, of uh, Robert Mueller, who basically asked the FBI to, to raid uh, Cohen's offices. And, and this was unprecedented because never before has the, the personal attorney of a president uh, been raided in such a way. I mean, this was a brazen attack by the deep state uh, that really threatened Trump because uh, Cohen, you know, being the personal attorney, certainly knew a lot of things. But that very evening at Trump's uh, in the Oval Office, you had uh, 20 uniformed military office, officers uh, showing up. This was unscheduled, just showing up and basically having a photo op with Trump. And nine of them were on there on Trump's right, and 11 of them were on Trump's left. And, and you know, clearly the message was 9-11. You know, the military intelligence knows all about 9-11. They have the goods. So, you know, right there you, you had... Um, confirmation that that the military are behind Trump, uh, that the military intelligence community is really closely associated with the QAnon movement, and they know all about 9-11, and they know all the dirty secrets right. of the state. Well, that, that is very interesting, if that is was the intended um, symbolism. Now, I'm confused, though, because uh, we're, we're being led to believe, on the one hand, that the Robert Mueller investigation is not about uh, investigating Trump for Russian collusion, and that Mueller, in fact, is secretly working alongside 
those who are aligned with uh, the, I guess, the, the counter coup, if you will, against the deep state. Um, so sort that out for me, because if Mueller is raiding Michael Cohen's office and, and in fact is, I mean, is, in other words, is Mueller part of the deep state or is he um, deep undercover fighting against the deep state? Oh, well, that's a really interesting question, Richard. I know that there are a lot of uh, uh, people that have been confused over whether Mueller is uh, really part of the deep state trying to take down the Trump administration or whether he's playing this kind of charade, uh, feigning uh, a, a significant investigation, but really is part of the White Hats. Um, you know, there have been posts that have been interpreted both ways. Uh, more recently, however... It's become quite clear that Q uh, has associated uh, Mueller with Rod Rosenstein, saying that uh, both have worked hand-in-hand and that uh, Rosenstein is clearly a deep state asset, suggesting that that Mueller is also a deep state asset, but still leaving open the possibility that that Mueller could be playing this charade because uh, one of the things that uh, Q posts is that uh, he says that this information is necessary because the deep state monitors uh, the Q postings. So by kind of like being uh, ambiguous about, well, is, is Mueller really part of the deep state or really part of the White Hats trying to uh, kind of like dismantle the deep state, that, that leaving that question uh, kind of unclear um, puts the deep state off balance. So, so yeah, th- there's no clear... Uh, kind of answer to that. Uh, I mean, I, I think I, I would kind of like guess that um, Mueller is is kind of working on behalf of the deep state in doing these things, you know, raiding the offices of uh, Michael Cohen, forcing Cohen to kind of make a deal where he then starts spilling the beans on, on Trump. Now, um, the, the thing is, though, uh, you, you can't be 100% on, on that because uh, the military intelligence uh, community is, is very good at, at conducting a, a PSYOP. So it's quite possible that, that Mueller really is still working uh, for the military intelligence community um, and is part of the White Hats and he's conducting an elaborate charade. So um, yeah, I can't give a, anything more decisive than that. Well, presumably we will know shortly because it sounds as if uh, the Mueller investigation is winding up because you would think one of the last pieces of the investigation would be questioning the president, and he has submitted answers uh, to to written questions from Mueller. That's all been uh, submitted, um, and we're getting all of these um, indications that it's about to wrap up. So I guess we're going to find out soon or, I mean, or will it be resolved? Well, I think you're quite right that the fact that um, uh, these questions have been uh, submitted by Trump uh, in letter form uh, to Mueller suggests that the investigation is winding down. And that essentially uh, there, there hasn't been any real uh, finding uh, by Mueller that there has been any kind of a collusion. That that uh, in, in a way, this uh, with Mueller's investigation winding down and and there being nothing more than kind of like charging several Trump associates 
such as uh, Michael Cohen um, and, and a few others with kind of uh, charges that date back several years, uh, even before these people uh, were in any, in any way associated with the Trump campaign and, and the kind of truly ridiculous uh, indictments against uh, this group of uh, Russian military intelligence uh, officials, which is going to get nowhere. But it's, it really does kind of like make it look like, well, was this all a charade? Was Mueller's job really to kind of like conduct uh, an investigation that would get nowhere, that would kind of like satisfy democratic demands, uh, democrat demands that uh, the Trump administration be investigated for these kinds of Russia collusion charges. But in the end of the day, it was a cover for the real investigation that Sessions had put together uh, with this uh, U.S. attorney, John Hoover's, from Utah, um, and that that is what is the real investigation, and this is what's going to happen now with the secret indictments uh, being un- un- unsealed, probably um, very shortly after New Year's Day, because this is when the, uh, uh, the re- amendments to the U.S. military court-martial um, uh, statutes goes into effect. And so essentially these amendments to the US uh, military uh, code of justice in terms of uh, how court martials are conducted were designed to have uh, court martials work in, in association with the criminal justice system so that cases uh, that, uh, that are military in nature because uh, any, any, during the time of war, if anyone is accused or charged with subverting a state, uh, subverting the government, that's, that's a, tr- uh, a crime that can be tried in a military court. And because uh, the United States remains technically in a state of war after the 9-11 attacks, uh, that means that a, a whole, all of these deep state officials that have been investigated and um, uh, and, and are subject to these secret indictments. They can be charged in these military uh, trials. And so uh, this is going to happen in January 1st. So, you know, we're, we're kind of like approaching the end of November now. So it makes sense that the Mueller investigation winds down now so that by January 1st, when they're ready to unseal the indictment, then um, there is no real need for the Mueller investigation anymore. So, you know, that, that kind of timing and synchronicity does suggest that maybe Mueller, Mueller's investigation was a charade all along. Well, we will find out. You're saying Jan 1 or shortly thereafter. That's uh, when we should get an indication if we start to see military tribunals and people charged with things like sedition, I suppose. Uh, this could this could either just fall on its uh, face completely and will be uh, dismissed as a complete hoax or re- revealed as a complete hoax or... It may all bear some fruit. We'll find out. We're going to open up the phone lines, questions and comments for Dr. Michael Sala regarding QAnon right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live. From Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett 
on Zoomer Radio. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed rec room with the wood paneling and the air hockey table. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate. And your cabin in the woods. A big howdy to everyone tuning in on our flagship station, Zuma Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM, here in Toronto. Hello to all of you listening to The Conspiracy Show on one of our uh, approximately 40 affiliates across North America. Hi to those checking us out on The Conspiracy Show app and the Zuma Radio app, both free downloads, by the by. How do to you on The uh, Conspiracy Show YouTube channel? Uh, Incidentally, no live stream tonight, but the audio of this program will be posted to the YouTube channel in the next couple of days. If you haven't already, please visit the YouTube channel and hit that red sub button. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, This is a a very special edition of the program, a very uh, somber occasion. Legendary broadcaster George Genescu, longtime host of Big Band Sunday Night here on Zuma Radio. In Toronto, our flagship station passed away uh, on Saturday morning. George's program uh, precedes the conspiracy show, and uh, he was a good friend and a and a, kind of an adopted granddad to my twin boys, uh, who are also here tonight. We're all sort of hanging out and remembering our old friend George, uh, Doctor Michael Sal. Oh, let me remind you again: uh, next next Sunday night before the conspiracy show, a very special tribute to George Genescu, hosted by Zuma Radio's very own Frank Proctor and uh, George's son, Robin, uh, will also be along and a very special tribute and also um, an opportunity uh, for friends of Big Band Sunday Night to call in and um, share their their thoughts, their feelings, their stories of the great George Genescu, who, I'm going to look into this, but I believe that must be some kind of a, a world record uh, on the air, almost uninterrupted for probably 70 years or thereabouts. Absolutely remarkable. And a remarkable man. And we miss you, George, already. Uh, Dr. Michael Sala is with us uh, this hour as well as we continue to discuss QAnon. And again, Michael is an internationally recognized scholar in international politics, conflict resolution, and U.S. foreign policy, and is the author-editor of an additional four books, including The Hero's Journey Towards Second American Century, uh, Why the Cold War Ended, Islamic Radicalism, Muslim Nations, and the West, and uh, has also authored more than 70 articles, chapters, and book reviews on peace, ethnic conflict, and conflict resolution. The website is exopolitics.org. Exopolitics.org. Uh, um, so, we were, uh, we were talking about um, January 1st, and uh, how on that date or thereabouts, we could see some military tribunals. Uh, I mean, who do you expect to see hauled up before one of these military tribunals? Well, I think uh, we're going to see some uh, really interesting uh, events concerning uh, former senior officials uh, within the Obama administration. I mean, the the highest, uh, the the most significant, of course, is going to be Hillary Clinton, uh, because she has... Uh, been at the kind of centre of uh, Q's 
postings from the very beginning. I mean, his very first post concerned uh, Hillary Clinton's impending arrest. Uh, but we're going to see um, a, a lot of uh, people who have been the, the kind of ringleaders. Uh, Loretta Lynch, I think, is, is also going to be someone that is going to be uh, likely subjected to this kind of um, uh, uh, unseal, unsealing of uh, an indictment, and she's going to be tried likely for uh, being involved in some kind of deal-making uh, with Bill Clinton uh, to protect Hillary from uh, prosecution. Uh, you know, the famous tarmac meeting um, um, in 2016 before the, uh, the election uh, where, where it was pretty clear that um, the investigation into Hillary's handling of classified uh, files, that the investigation into that was, was basically uh, not going to be seriously conducted. Uh, you're going to be seeing charges brought against uh, people uh, that were involved in uh, basically misleading the FISA courts in uh, authorising investigations um, and surveillance of the Trump administration, uh, both prior to the 2016 election and immediately after that. Uh, people like Peter Strozik, uh, Lisa Page, uh, these are uh, FBI officials, um, uh, Carter Page, and a, a, a number of others that were involved in uh, these kinds of um, uh, duping of the FISA court. You know, they'll be also hauled up before these. Either it'll be a military uh, court or it'll be a civilian court working with the military. Because, you know, if we're talking about uh, up to 60,000 sealed indictments. This is something that is going to be unprecedented uh, in terms of you know, this number of senior officials, uh, deep state assets, all being tried simultaneously by both military and civilian courts. So this is going to be uh, stupendous. This is going to just absorb the mainstream media uh, for a long, long time because I think this is going to be... Uh, something that's going to be deeply shocking, uh, just the extent to which the deep state has um, corrupted the uh, you know, all, all branches of government and even um, influenced or controlled the uh, mainstream media. Why, why, re- why leak this information to the pub- public using these cryptic messages? What purpose does that serve for Q if, in fact, this is a legitimate uh, insider? associated perhaps with military intelligence, uh, why leak? Well, that's, a, again, a, a fascinating question, uh, you know, why the leaking? Um, Q has repeatedly said that um, mobilizing people um, is very important to, to fulfilling the plan, that it's not just like um, a covert plan that's put in place by senior military people um, and that this this is something that happens behind the scenes and then one day people wake up and lo and behold you have all of these uh, deep state officials being tried. Apparently that um, was never going to happen, that there needs to be a kind of level of mass mobilization in terms of public support uh, for this. And, you know, this is where we kind of get into the whole idea that, uh, you know, that there are a lot of uh, forces 
that are watching uh, what is occurring here, that this is not just simply a matter of, you know, the U.S. military uh, trying to clean up uh, the deep state uh, influence over all branches of the U.S. You know, this is uh, a, a much larger struggle uh, between, I guess, probably the easiest way of, of describing it is uh, forces of light versus the forces of darkness. Um, you know, this is almost biblical what we are witnessing now. This is kind of like an end time scenario where essentially we are being watched. And I think the beings that are watching us, you know, you can give them whatever name you, you'd like, but I think that they are watching us. Um, and, and if we collectively express our desire to live in a system that is cleaned up of all of these corrupt assets and forces, then we will receive kind of hidden help. Um, and, you know, exactly wh where that comes from, you know, I've been working uh, for, for well over a decade now, close to two decades now on the whole extraterrestrial cover-up, and I know that there is um, a, a kind of galactic federation, if you like, a, a kind of umbrella network of extraterrestrial civilizations monitoring us and looking at what happens on the planet and, and, and essentially uh, wanting to lend assistance but only being able to do so if it's the will of the people. Now, if people are, are, are lied about, uh, about the existence of extraterrestrial life, um, you know, how do the extraterrestrials know what the will of the people is? Well, then it's, it's through these grassroots efforts to try and get people to uh, mobilize or express their desire for things to happen. And one of the things that people, you know, one of the things is cleaning up the, uh, the deep state's influence over the, the body politic. So I think that is the reason why Q... Um, has been again and again emphasizing you know, that people need to mobilize, people need to kind of tell others about what's going on and you know, publish all these memes and why the mass media has been kind of like really uh, trying to trash uh, the Q phenomenon. And, and that truly is, you know, if, if you have any questions about le the legitimacy of the Q phenomenon, um, I think all you need to do, Richard, um, or, or any listener needs to do, is to basically look at some of the Q listings of all of these mainstream media stories uniformly attacking Q. And, and, and if Q really was a lark, really was just uh, someone playing pranks on these uh, anonymous posting boards, you know, why the mass media interest to kind of discredit this thing? So to me, and you know, because of my research, I, I know that the mainstream media does take its marching orders from the CIA, from the deep state, that these kind of like uh, bullet points are put out every morning at around 4 a.m., sent off to the major media in whatever time zone, um, so that when the uh, journalists wake up and write their stories, it's all there for them, you know, the talking points. Um, that, that they're being put up for, that the deep state wants to undermine the Q phenomenon, and the only reason for that is Q is a threat, because Q is waking people up, red-pilling people, as the, kind of, as, as the vernacular exists today, and, and that's a threat, because the more people wake up to what the deep state has been doing, 
and Q's exposures of the deep state, then the more chances we're going to succeed in, in the indictments being unsealed and people being tried in these military and, and civilian criminal courts. Uh, we're going to head into a break here shortly. When we come back, we will uh, we'll get into some phone calls, questions, and comments for doc- Dr. Michael Sala as we discuss QAnon, 416-360-0740, 416-360-0740 in the GTA, toll-free from out of town. And just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740, When in doubt, blame the government. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free 1-866-740-4740. Welcome back. Dr. Michael Sala is here. The website exopolitics.org, and we are talking about the QAnon phenomenon. Whether you believe it, whether you don't believe it, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll begin our calls with Jim here in Toronto. Jim, welcome to the Conspiracy Show. You're on the line with Dr. Michael Sala. Yeah, hello, Richard. Good Hi. to be on your show. Thank you. Welcome. Hi, Michael. Um, just wanted to ask you. There was uh, one of the last drops on November 12th. Was uh, drop 2491 where it mentioned something big is about to drop and then um uh key drop after that it was uh left with uh uh november 13th a number a numerical number 53 to 47 and a few days after that trump tweeted he said he tweeted that uh what does he say here people are not being told that the republican party is on track to pick up two seats in the U.S. Senate, an epic victory, 53 to 47. So that seems to confirm more that uh, the whole Q phenomenon is pretty, is, uh, you know, future proves past. Wait a minute. You said that the, the drop was November 12th or 13th, but the midterm elections were before that. And so we already, I mean, we didn't know the results of Florida necessarily until recently, but... okay. But Trump tweeted a few days later, after November 3, that they're on their way to an epic victory of 53-47. And today, because of the Florida recount, right. that was pretty well confirmed. I think there's still a runoff in Mississippi. But it looks like what I'm just saying is that what was predicted almost a week ago, November 13th, the 53-47, people were speculating, what does that number mean? But then Trump tweeted several days later that they're on their way to a 53-47 to 47 epic victory for the Republicans to control the Senate. All right. Did you want to so, respond I mean, to that? It's just, again, yeah. But mm-hmm. the thing is, I, I just wanted to get back to see what Michael's take might be. Has, has the, the, his quote, Q's drop of, quote, something big is about to drop, which was just November 12th, I'm wondering if that's happened or is it about to happen? Because nothing has been posted since November 13th, so... I'm just wondering if it has to do with something with maybe the Julian Assange accidental release of his indictment, or who knows, the, the, the fires in Florida or the election or the Whitaker or Sessions transition with the Mueller. 
Any comment on that, uh, Michael? Uh, right. Yes. Um, um, you know, we don't really know, do we, uh, exactly what what's going to be uh, the big drop at the moment uh, okay. because there's so many different ways that this this could go. Uh, but certainly, the, the, the fact that the, the the Senate does look like it's going to uh, pan out to be that kind of 53-47 uh, division that the Republicans picked up seats um, and um, that now the the kind of the focus of the investigations are going to shift uh, from the House to the Senate and that Trump's position in the Senate is, uh, is, is pretty strong now, um, that, that maybe it's going to emerge that um, you know, whatever the big development is, it's going to have something to do with, with the Senate. Uh, but certainly, um, you know, it is holiday season. Um, I know the, the, the military courts martial um, amendment uh, goes into effect January 1st, so I'm not expecting too much to happen between now and then. But um, you know, with Q, you, you never know. There, there, there can be some, some big developments. But you know, I think it's very notable that uh, I mean, we are November 18, and um, there's been no drops since November 12, and and so. That does suggest something big is is going to happen with the with the next set of drops. Yeah, sorry, am I still on? Yes, go ahead, Jim. Oh, okay. So just also an, a, a very uh, other important drop on November 11th, post 2478, it said, and everyone was shocked in the in the um, you know the people that are analyzing the Q drops um, that there's the 2478 states that let the unsealing begin, let the declassification begin, let the world witness the truth, we the people, justice under the law, and that's Q. So up until this time, the Q boards had always just talked about declassification, but now, bang, November 11th, let the unsealing begin, which means something, you know, might be heading more seriously down that path. And the fact that uh, Julian Assange, people are trying to read into that accidental disclosure of his, um, you know, indictment or arrest that, you know, was brought to light. So um, just all these things happening, it's just hard to see which direction um, things are going to go. Great, great uh, comments and questions, Jim. The, the, yep. Julian, the Julian Assange issue is is interesting because I'm not sure how that fits into this. Uh, if he, for example, is being indicted and, and a deal is being worked out to extradite him to the United States to be put on trial, uh, I mean, it would seem to me that Julian Assange would be perceived as someone who is uh, fighting against the deep state. So how does that work out in your mind, Michael? Well, you know, that's a, a really interesting scenario because um, you know, that would be an example of, of, of something major uh, dropping. If, if all of a sudden some sort of um, arrangement had, was, had been... Uh, settled with uh, Julian Assange, where he agreed to be extradited to the United States to, to, to kind of like face charges. But what would emerge was that um, he would uh, drop these bombshells that, in fact, um, it wasn't Russians supplying him with information. It was this um, insi- insider within the Democratic uh, National Committee, uh, Seth Rich, that actually passed on the information. And, um, and, and so... Uh, this is something that uh, Julian Assange could basically give um, first-hand testimony of because uh, Seth Rich is dead. Uh, there is a, um, 
someone in New Zealand uh, who's also uh, very famous for having um, uh, done a, a lot to kind of share information on the internet. His name escapes me at the moment, um, uh, but a fairly... Uh, he, he was saying that it was Seth Rich who actually had passed on the information to Julian Assange. So, uh, but nevertheless, if Julian Assange ends up in the United States, I mean, he would be um, a first-hand witness who could give testimony as to exactly what it was WikiLeaks received. So, Kim.com. Um, Kim, that was Kim.com, Michael. Thank you. Yes, I was struggling to get that name. So Kim.com has been fighting extradition charges himself for the U.S., and I think he's, he probably won't end up in the United States soon. Um, he's free in New Zealand to, to spend his millions. Uh, but uh, Julian Assange is holed up in the Ecuadorian embassy. So I think it would be kind of in his interest to just, you know, uh, make a deal with the U.S. authorities, give his testimony, rather than just kind of like, you know, end up in some British jail for the next two, three years while they fight out uh, extradition charges. All right, let's go uh, back to the phones, and uh, let's see. Is it Doc in New York? Doc, welcome. Yeah, just across the lake in Youngstown. Hey, okay, welcome. What a great show. And I'm sorry about George. I really look forward to his show every night on Sundays. We're going to, be, we're going to miss him, but make sure you tune in next week for the, uh, the big tribute. Oh, I wouldn't miss it. Uh, he introduced me to Patty Page. But um, listen, uh, Michael's doing a phenomenal job. This is an enormous subject. Uh, his constant, his uh, grasp of it is, is impressive, and I, I really appreciate the show very much. Uh, this is one of the most interesting chapters in American history unfolding before us right now, and Trump's election was an absolute miracle, and this is just, you know, too good to be true. But I wanted to ask Dr. Sala, I have a friend that follows Q very closely, and he and I both believe that pedophiles and child sex traffickers are going to become a special target of these indictments. Your thoughts, Michael? I mean, it's interesting. If you do sort of a Venn diagram of people that uh, are following uh, Q, um, I, I think a lot of them would also have been very caught up and interested in the whole Pizzagate uh, uh, story, which, I mean, I think in that particular incident, it, it didn't, it, it wasn't true, but that doesn't mean that there isn't a, a, a you know, a, a, a larger truth to this, which I believe. Michael I mean, Epstein, Lolita Island, Bill Yeah, Clinton. absolutely. There is a, I think there is a major, uh, at very high levels, I mean, we know this from what's going on in England, at the highest levels, there are, there are Satanism. pornographic and sex rings, and absolutely, I, I, I subscribe to that. So, Michael, your thoughts? Right, yes. Um, one of the things that uh, Q has been posting uh, is uh, these ref the references to uh, Jeffrey Epstein's island, um, his, uh, uh, the temple on that island, and also has been posting regularly about the uh, connections between Satanism and the deep state. And, and quite clearly, uh, the breadcrumbs that were being dropped was alluding to the fact that children were being used as sacrifices um, in the satanic rituals being conducted at uh, places like um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, island on, in, that, in that temple in uh, deep underground um, areas. 
Um, of course, you had the Pizzagate conspiracy where you had that kind of uh, similar um, sentiments being expressed. And, you know, people can ask, well, you know, is this just a conspiracy? Where's the proof for this? Well, um, there was a really well-documented book uh, by John DeCamp called The Franklin Cover-Up, and he documented how these uh, sex rings operate using children who are uh, placed into these uh, uh, compromising situations with politicians who were then subsequently blackmailed. And that, and, and that the children that were involved in these, um, in these kind of uh, pedophile uh, rings, they actually talked about uh, kind of like uh, rituals uh, uh, that uh, some of the children were, were sacrificed. So, you know, this is uh, something that has been documented and now uh, Q has been kind of like emphasising the connection between these pedophile networks, uh, corruption in Washington, D.C., and uh, Satanism and uh, powerful families such as the Rothschild family um, and, and the Soros family, uh, the Soros, George Soros group and the Saudi um, family, that these are all connected in this kind of worldwide network of uh, uh, pedophiles, globalists that are connected to Satanism, and that... Um, what about uh, Hollywood? The is Trump Ho- administration going after them. What about Hollywood? Because we hear about, obviously, these horrible, uh, the horrible situation with Weinstein and, and, and um, uh, women in Hollywood being uh, targeted and, and abused and so forth. But, uh, I mean, as, as horrible and unconscionable as that is... We're not hearing about, and there have been a number of ch- uh, of, of actors that have come forward. Uh, they were that were child actors that have talked about uh, sex, child sex rings, and, and pedophilia in Hollywood. Are, are we going to see indictments in that area as well? Are we going to finally see Hollywood uh, and the, and the and the and the child sex rings exposed there? In your estimation? Oh, definitely. I think that's going to be one of the things that. Um, going to be very upsetting for people as uh, the long list of Hollywood celebrities uh, basically are charged uh, with these kinds of uh, crimes, uh, you know, whether it's uh, uh, abusing children sexually or whether it's uh, being involved in uh, these kind of uh, sex rings, uh, even, even the more sinister aspects of uh, Kind of like uh, child sacrifice, so, Satanism, and, um, and 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 these are the things that um, the uh, John Huber investigation has been uh, investigating quite closely, and we can imagine that a lot of those indictments involve Hollywood celebrities that are caught up in these uh, sex rings, exploitation of children, um, and even some of this kind of. Uh, Whole sacrifice that has been going on—that is—that is part of these satanic rituals—and you know, this is this is one of the things that uh, even people that are following the Q information don't necessarily understand. Well, where does this come from? I mean, people think, well, Satanism—that's a kind of a religious thing. Well, not necessarily. I mean, Satanism uh, can be connected to a group of extraterrestrials that are uh, reptilian, and and some of the uh, uh, Q posts actually talk about the reptilian extraterrestrial influence in the Vatican, um, where, where Q talked about, you know, posted one of these images that showed uh, the meeting space in Vatican City, 
the main auditorium there for, for events in the Vatican, actually having very clear uh, reptilian imagery there. So Q was really dropping the hint that, you know, when we're trying to understand, you know, where does Satanism come from? Where does this kind of uh, child sacrifice, um, you know, drinking the blood of children come from? All of that, all of those kind of horrible practices, where does that come from? Um, that it's connected to this reptilian influence and, uh, and it's connected also with the, the Vatican, that the Vatican is involved in this because it's been corrupted by the reptilians, um, by the Rothschild family. And, and Q has pointed to uh, these uh, major loans that the Rothschilds made to the Vatican um, in the early 19th century and the Vatican ever since has been kind of like beholden to the Rothschild family All right, because listen, they owe I've got them a, a lot of money. I've got a break uh, coming up here, Michael. Uh, when we come back, we'll get to some more phone calls. 416-360-0740. 416-360-0740. Toll free from out of town. 1-866-744-740. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To talk to Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Michael Sala stays with us until the top of the hour. More of your phone calls upcoming, 416-360-0740. In the GTA, 416-360-0740, toll-free from just about anywhere, 1-866-740-4740, 1-866-740-4740. I wanted to bring it back to exopolitics for a moment, um, because we have, uh, well, starting back uh, almost a year ago in December with the, the publication of that New York Times uh, article talking about ATIP, this uh, project to to determine the potential threat of unidentified flying objects, and this was a, a project uh, deep within the Pentagon that was funded um, uh, through Senator Harry Reid. In part, uh, it's it's strange to me that that um, the people that were hoping for disclosure, let's say from during the Clinton administration, may have had their their, their best allies in the Clinton administration, because we know of Bill and Hillary were uh, in, involved in the, uh, the, the, uh, the, the Lawrence Rockefeller initiative. Um, Hillary went, you know, on, was, was very public about wanting to get to the bottom of the, uh, the issue. Uh, John Podesta, who served uh, Clinton uh, and also President Obama, also very vocal um, about the need for disclosure, the legal need for disclosure. So, but now it would seem that all of those individuals, the Clintons and Podesta, are on the opposite side. So that's also very confusing to me. Uh, It it can be, and and certainly I was among those 
that uh, said many favourable things about both John Podesta and Hillary Clinton in terms of uh, their advocacy for UFO disclosure over many years. And, and certainly I, I, I began to support um, uh, Hillary Clinton's efforts during the 2016 campaign to kind of bring the UFO disclosure issue to the public's attention. Um, yeah, but then again, uh, after the uh, after Q began posting and after uh, revealing a lot of the, the the shenanigans that went on, um, I mean, there were many things that happened during that that election that suggested that uh, you know, even though Hillary uh, was and John Podesta were doing some really kind of stellar things in terms of getting UFO disclosure, there were a lot of other things that were happening that kind of did question. Uh, you know, did kind of raise eyebrows over whether or not um, you know, they were uh, genuine or whether they were ethical you know, in terms of like what happened to Bernie Sanders and, and the rigging of the election, um, you know, the, the way in which the uh, handling of the classified files was, was conducted, all, all these things. And then, of course, we get um, the revelations from QAnon that uh, uh, Podesta was... Um, and, and 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 the WikiLeaks, where the Podesta files were released, uh, showing you know, not only that he was involved with ATIP and John DeLong, uh, Tom DeLong's kind of uh, disclosure initiative, and meeting with uh, some Air Force uh, generals to uh, get a briefing about what the Air Force was doing at Wright Patterson Air Force Base, kind of very positive things for disclosure, but also kind of connecting. Uh, um, John Podesta with these kind of really uh, dark things involving, uh, you know, using these uh, code words, uh, pizza code words, uh, that according to law enforcement authorities did refer to pedophilia and that Podesta was involved in that and, and all of these kind of sickening photos on, on he and his brothers or kind of paintings on he and his brothers' walls alluding to kind of... Uh, weird things like uh, cannibalism you know, kind of made me reassess uh, you know, my opinion of Podesta. Um, and, and then, of course, with QAnon, that kind of like really made me see that um, you know, there was some very dark element to uh, both Podesta and Hillary Clinton. So, yeah, while I supported their UFO disclosures, uh, the other things that they did, you know, really uh, was, was beyond the pale. So... Is in your estimation, as someone who is really one of the pioneers in the whole exopolitical movement, who coined the phrase, do you do you believe that that these tribunals that are supposed to be happening, the these uh, sealed indictments, all of this will ultimately lead to disclosure? I believe so. I think that the deep state, are the group that has the greatest interest in maintaining the status quo. Uh, once they are removed from power, then um, a, a lot of the secret inventions uh, that have been held up under national security orders, uh, you know, currently there are over 5,700 patent applications that have been held up under national security orders. Um, and these are basically patents concerning free energy, alternative healing modalities, uh, things that can revolutionise life on our planet, so that you know we could we could teleport 
or we could travel from uh, Toronto, Canada, to the Big Island of Hawaii in 20 minutes, and I could, you know, you could literally be, you could be having this interview person to person with these kinds of technologies being released. Uh, these are the things that are being suppressed by the deep state. So once the deep state are exposed for their association to pedophilia, uh, international corruption, human rights abuses, child sacrifice, and many other crimes that you know, the, the, the kind of architecture, the repressive architecture holding back uh, the disclosure of all of these life-changing technologies is going to be removed. And I think that we are going to rapidly go through a, a global renaissance which is unprecedented in our history. And I think within a, within a decade, Richard, that you know, we can be doing these things like just flying from Hawaii, Big Island Hawaii to Toronto, Canada, or teleporting there, you know, within a matter of minutes, uh, very, very quickly, uh, our transportation will, will be revolutionised. These are the sort of things that I think are going to happen. And also the revelation of extraterrestrial life, uh, that is one of the things that Deep State has been uh, most closely guarding the truth about that, because once the truth about extraterrestrial life is revealed, um, then immediately everything is going to change because the big question any physicist, astronomer is going to ask is, well, how in the world did they get here from star systems that are like hundreds or thousands of light years away? How did they get here? Obviously, warp, uh, warp drives and kind of uh, wormhole travel uh, is very, very possible. And interestingly, you know, these are, uh, uh, these are papers that have been released that have been released recently by Corey Good that has been getting a lot of attention, that these, these were unclassified uh, for official use only documents that Corey Good was given by insiders and that he was the first to release. So that was you know, corroboration that Corey Good does have access to genuine insiders. All right, uh, Michael, we will take one final time out and... Breck and order on the other side and take it right to the top of the hour. Q Anon with Dr. Michael Sala. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Let's go back to the phones. And uh, Warren is here in Toronto. Warren, you're on with Dr. Michael Sala. Go ahead. Yes, how are you, gentlemen? Uh, well, thank you. You were talking about extraterrestrials, and uh, uh, about a week or so ago, Paul Hellyer was on the show. Uh, and he was talking about them as well. Now, something has always fascinated me. If you look from the time of Julius Caesar, the ancient Roman emperor, right up to the time of, let's say, the year 1905, what was the major means of locomotion for human beings? It's a question. Horse, horse-drawn uh, carriages? Exactly. Now, this has always intrigued me. How is it 
that from the time of Julius Caesar, 3,000 years ago, to the time of Murdoch Mysteries, like 1905 Toronto, the horse, horse was the major means of locomotion, right? Correct. No, they, they hooked them up to wagons, uh, stagecoaches, whatever. All of a sudden, and in 1905, horses were in, in the streets of Toronto and New York, right? Okay, so where are we going with this, Warren? How is it that you go from three... You cut out there. We lost you. Is Warren still there? Are you there, Warren? Warren, go yeah, ahead. How is it that you go from 3,000 years with no progress, and then from 1905, in a 40-year period, you go from the horse and buggy to the atom bomb and jet fighters? Right, or from 1902 uh, and Kitty Hawk and uh, the Wilbur brothers and, and the first flight, and 67 years later, we have a man on the moon. Yeah, it's like... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense because, you know, like 3,000 years with no human progress. I mean, as far as, you know, like the horse, the horse, the horse. Well, let's sudden, not forget like the... Like, it's almost as though, uh, you know... Uh, something helped us along. Extraterrestrials gave us something that... Right. made us tremendous progress. Well, you're forgetting one innovation, and that was the development of the steam engine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, but go ahead. Still, uh, so what I'm saying, it, it just, you know, it doesn't really make sense. All right. Well, I'm sure Michael uh, has a, a response to that. Uh, yes, I think uh, the Industrial Revolution, you know, developing the steam engine, the internal combustion engine, um, you know, this provided the means for alternatives to the horse-drawn buggy. Um, but in terms of the, the, the real innovation, I think, you know, came in terms of uh, the, the development of uh, technologies to um, to manipulate electricity, uh, to, to generate electricity uh, so that you could use it as a power supply um, and also for developing a radio uh, communications. Um, that uh, Nikola Tesla, uh, he was a pioneer in, in, those, uh, in those topics and many other topics. And um, this is apparently uh, this is where the, the first connection with the extraterrestrials began, according to a Defence Intelligence Agency document that was leaked uh, that dated from 1997, that Nikola Tesla's radio, um, uh, early radio transmissions uh, using the, the Wardenclyffe Tower, that he transmitted these uh, pulses of energy um, and, and messages into outer space that they were received apparently by some extraterrestrial groups and they, re they re responded to Tesla and, and that's where Tesla and also Marconi began communicating with extraterrestrials and then um, the extraterrestrials began to visit and, and so then we have uh, events like the Roswell crash and uh, crashes immediately after that. So. So there is a kind of connection between extraterrestrial visitation and this kind of really amazing technological revolution that we went underwent, you know, both in terms of um, transportation from the horse-drawn buggy to steam engines, um, and all, but in particular with our communications. And even today, 
yeah, when we look at uh, communications, I mean, look how far we've gone with communications, with cell, ta- with, uh, cell phones that have either the microprocessing power of uh, huge, co- huge apartment complexes, say, 30 years ago, but still when it comes to transportation, we're still using kind of jet engines, uh, which, which is technology that hasn't changed all that much over the last 70 years, so something is being repressed there. Well, and the transmission of electricity, it hasn't really changed that much in over 100 years. Well, that's right. I mean, in 1904, uh, uh, Tesla came up with uh, his idea for uh, the wireless transmission of power. Uh, that Wardenclyffe Tower was supposed to be this kind of example of, of how you could wirelessly transmit power uh, right around the planet wirelessly so that you, you could actually um, have people tapping into this uh, global uh, electric uh, supply that was generated by these towers that would place strategically that could generate this kind of standing wave pattern all around the planet. But of course, uh, Tesla was shut down. Uh, JP Morgan pulled the plug on the funding. And uh, Tesla, unfortunately, kind of like uh, uh, you know, died in poverty, you know, even though he had great ideas and could revolutionize the, the planet. Um, a lot of his inventions didn't bring in the kind of capital so that he could uh, support himself and support some of his inventions, like the, you know, the Wardenclyffe Tower and this kind of project to wirelessly transmit power. Uh, you mentioned Tesla. Earlier in the program, you talked about uh, President Trump's uh, uncle, uh, John, who examined uh, Tesla's uh, papers. Um, who was his uncle working for? Was it, uh, was it the, the U.S. Department of Energy? Or why was Donald Trump's uncle poring over Tesla's papers? Well, well Trump's uncle was a, um, at the time, uh, he was an associate professor um, in mechanical engineering, um, at, at uh, sorry, electrical engineering at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, um, and and so he was called upon by the FBI to investigate uh, Tesla's papers. Now, one of the things John Trump uh, specialized in, uh, his PhD was on uh, was on the Van de Graaff generator. He's he's uh, he worked under Robert. Van de Graaff, who was the inventor of the, van de, of, of the generator, which would generate this huge electrostatic charge. And this was the sort of technology that Tesla was working on. Um, and, and Tesla's uh, inventions in terms of, you know, some of his later uh, interviews, he talked about building this kind of uh, electromagnetic shield to, to protect the city or to develop uh, a kind of death ray where uh, huge electrostatic charges could be used as an offensive weapon um, against an enemy. So these are the kinds of topics that uh, John D. Trump was a specialist in. And so uh, he was also a specialist in uh, high energy uh, radiation and in, in the effect, on the effect that it had on the human body. So for all these reasons, he was the, the man that the FBI wanted to come in and analyze Tesla's papers and see whether any of these were relevant to the war effort. Because 1943, um, early January, uh, early in the year, in January, which is when Tesla died, uh, you know, the United States was involved in the Second World War. So that was Tesla's job. 
he kind of uh, investigated all of this and gave a report to the FBI. But, you know, the thing to keep in mind here is that the report he gave to the FBI was not necessarily the same information he would have conveyed to the U.S. military. So he could have told the U.S. military, yes, Tesla has feasible inventions here for the development of some kind of electromagnetic weapon, um, um, kind of like the, the early forerunner for directed energy weapons. Um, and this is one of the things that John Trump would have known about. And certainly uh, later on, I think he shared that with uh, President Trump when he was still, um, you know, uh, soon after Trump, Donald Trump had graduated from Wharton School of Economics. Uh, so it's possible he told a young Donald Trump about uh, flying saucers, about uh, UFO propulsion systems, uh, which could mean, if that's all true, that, that Donald Trump could end up being the disclosure president. Who would have thought of that? Well, well definitely. I mean, this is one of the things. Uh, one of the majestic documents uh, talks about MIT being the place where the Ros- some of the Roswell artifacts were taken. And, and I think um, uh, John Trump would have been the logical choice to examine these because they, you know, one of the things is, you know, how do these craft propel themselves? And so they generate huge electrostatic charges for, for generating a kind of anti-gravity effect and for, and for creating the necessary thrust. So John Trump knew about this stuff. Um, and because that's why he was called upon to investigate Tesla's papers. Tesla, Tesla was also um, came up with ideas on flying saucers using this kind of uh, high voltage electrostatic generator that would that would kind of power his flying saucer. So Trump was called upon to do that. He knew he knew about the Roswell uh, crash, um, and so um, and and Donald Trump actually gave an interview to the New Yorker. Um, I believe it was sometime in the 80s where he actually talked about uh, the discussions he had uh, with uh, John Trump um, where Trump told him all about uh, nuclear weapons and a host of other topics associated with uh, Trump's area of expertise. So I think that's when Donald Trump was told by his uncle all about uh, flying saucers, Tesla's uh, anti-gravity inventions, uh, free energy, wireless transmission of, uh, of power. Uh, these were all things that Donald Trump, I think, knew. You know, they're echoed in his inauguration speech. And so I think Donald Trump very much uh, is, is... I think he is going to be the disclosure president. Fascinating. Uh, we have less than a minute. Well, about a minute here. And let me get you your take on this, because, you know, this is one of the wilder. If, if QAnon it, himself isn't a kind of a, a you know, a out there kind of theory for some people to handle, wait till they hear this one. And that is that and I just talked about uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. on Coast to Coast uh, the other night. The idea that, that John F. Kennedy Jr. is, in fact, QAnon, that he, he wasn't killed in that plane crash almost 20 years ago. And now they are, they are offering up photos and photo comparisons between this individual, Vincent Fusca, or Fusca, uh, who, I have to admit, does look like an older John F. Kennedy Jr. What are your thoughts on that, that, that QAnon is JFK Jr.? Uh, I don't think that's... That's the case. I, I think that might be some sort of disinformation out there to kind of like uh, kind of undermine the legitimacy of, of QAnon. But you know what QAnon did say 
about uh, uh, John F. Kennedy Jr. was that basically he linked uh, John F. Kennedy's uh, death to Hillary Clinton's campaign to become uh, a senator for New York. That that uh, that John F. Kennedy Jr. was actually seriously contemplating running for that Senate seat. And if he had run, he would have blocked Hillary's path to becoming a senator for New York uh, State and then ultimately becoming Secretary of uh, State and uh, eventually launching two unsuccessful runs for the presidency. So I think Q has revealed uh, that Hillary Clinton um, and Bill Clinton were involved in the death, really, the assassination of John F. Kennedy Jr. Dr. Michael Sala, we are out of time. Thank you so much for this. Again, the website, exopolitics.org. Thanks again. Thank you, Richard, for having me. My pleasure. All right, back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Thank you, Ian, Ryan, Albert. So long for now.